Shout out to our awesome sponsors, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure brand that we are obsessed with. Obsessed. Obsessed. (laughs) I got today, actually, the Untamed collection. I am one of those girls that only wears black gym wear and generally just black all in my wardrobe. And I got the lace bra and the matching leggings, and they are so comfortable. And I would say that for the bra, I have really big boobs, and I just thought, you know, I really struggle with sports bras that my tits constantly like flop out of them I don't feel secure and honestly I just think that this bra is perfect because it's high neck and it is super supportive so really really recommend it love it and I am delighted to report that we are offering a 20% discount that I will be availing of this evening Fiona because I love their collection so if you use the code lovebites20 it's applicable on full price items only this can be used online and in store so there's two stores in Dubai one on Alwassel Road and one at the beach they also ship globally if you're buying from outside of Dubai then you get free express global shipping with all taxes being covered by El Couture which is brilliant news thank you so much El Couture The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. I want to know where it was. So here, I've just pointed the camera to my vagina. So this is the, the vulva. Was it sticking out like this? Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about, brought to you by our favourite sponsor, The Golden Hour. We'll tell you a bit more about that later on in the show. And Laura today has a very interesting fact about Very sex. interesting, Fiona. So do you know in some countries, in particular, in particular like cultures, <coughs> women bring a little tiny bag or veil of blood with them to prove their virginity and how virtuous they are when they first have sex with their husbands. Which begs the question, did you bleed when you first had sex? Um, I didn't, but I didn't because, I told you this, right? I had uh, I had sex in a tennis shed and you were all like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is a tennis what shed? What the fuck's a tennis shed? <laughs> we didn't have a tennis shed in my school. We had a bike shed. People got fingered out the back of the... Actually, that's a lie because I went to an all-girls school. But in Fort William, where I went, we certainly did not have a tennis shed that I recall anyways. I was admittedly shite at sport. But anyways, you got fingered in a tennis shed. Continue. Yeah, it wasn't at school, though. We got... I got fingered... uh, Not fingered. I got... I got... I got... um, What's the word? Smashed, as my client says. Shout out to you. Um... By I love that your client talks to you about getting smashed, by the way. Yeah, I know. He calls it smashing, smashing birds. It's really funny. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and it was literally like three thrusts and then done. But what mm-hmm. I, but what did happen was, first of all, I had no idea that your hymen even broke. That was the amount of sex education that I got. So what happened was like that year, I then was at my friend's boyfriend's house and we were like having like a sleepover. Um, and this guy was there, can't remember his name. Fuck, what was his name? Oh, I'll, I need to message her and ask who it was. 
and um, he, he was fingering me and then I went to the loo and there was blood and I was like oh my god and then she came into the bathroom and was like what's wrong and I was like oh my god he's made me bleed and then I and then she was like I think he has long fingernails and then he got the name Edward Scissorhands <laughs> Fiona, that never gets old. You told me that before. But the poor guy, like the poor bloke, because realistically, what had actually happened was that he broke my hymen. Yeah, I'd know. I well, you know what? I do think I was mildly cognizant of the hymen thing because I was (laughs) always so petrified of it happening. Um, I didn't actually bleed because. I was a gymnast in the loosest sense of the world. So my best friend Charlene and I I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, I know. So I was a gymnast in Ballycillan Gymnastic Club. If anybody is listening who also went to Ballycillan, just drop me a message. Um, and Nora, I why was are you holding possibly... your microphone? Why are you holding your microphone? Do oh, you I have... just, I don't know. Like, well, I put it down. I was having a moment for fuck's sake. I'll just put it down there, like one inch below. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's really I'm balancing funny. on my legs. She's like holding her microphone like she's on stage. It's really funny. <laughs> Sorry if I was blasting your eardrum, I do apologize. I don't know, sometimes I get excited. Fuck off, okay? Anyways, I was a gymnast. And when I say gymnast, I used to flip-flop around um, Ballet Soul and Gymnastics Club. And really why I went there was because I used to be able to go and get chips at lunchtime. (laughs) Anyways, probably as I was doing some sort of forward fucking roll at 15, because that's all I could manage. And I think I broke my hymen. Um, I must have done because I did zero other uh, physical activity. And at that stage, I certainly wasn't shoving fingers and stuff upside myself. So, and this is quite interesting. I don't even know if I've told anybody this. It would be quite, in fact, I don't think I have. This might be a, a Love Bites first. I, the first time I had sex, yeah. the person that I had sex with didn't know that I was a virgin. Oh, interesting. And <coughs> yeah, I felt, my, I don't know why, when I look back, I clearly had like serious like self-confidence issues because I felt like I would come across as really uncool that I was still a virgin at 17 Mm. in hindsight that was exactly what I should have been because I wasn't ready for it up until then so I don't think I told this guy that I was a virgin he was also older as well so I I guess I was self-conscious about him thinking like I was a kid or whatever which let's be honest I fucking was at 17 years old but that's by the by that's another conversation um and I think I was so mortified and I was so afraid of having sex just in case I bled and he'd be like oh my god you're a virgin but luckily I didn't because of my flip-flops and my um forward rules okay, in my gymnastic not, career. I don't, I don't want to burst your bubble or I don't think your hymen would have broken if you're doing a forward roll it must have done something maybe i tried to do the straddles but i i could never get any more than like two feet foot above the ground so my straddles were basically (laughs) just like having your legs open a little bit like a footballer stance i tried to do splits i couldn't get down they were trying to push me and they're like you're the most unflexible person so all these coaches were on to me saying you're a medical fucking marvel your body doesn't move and maybe i don't know like i guess it broke how else could it have broke because it was the first time that i had sex and there was no rupture yeah, of the hymen. Mine didn't either, I, though. I have... Something's coming back to me. 
Something is coming back to me. Right. Listen to me. Okay. I, my God, this all leads on so mellifluously with the story that I'm about to tell you. So I had a gynecologist in Dubai, the same gynecologist that slapped me because of Kipperminge, remember? (laughs) When I double dropped the, when I double dropped the tampon and I left it up there for like fucking 30 days. Do the sound effect, it's my favourite. Okay, <laughs> who remembers the Kipperminge incident when I left a tampon inside me for and three days, didn't know tampon. it was there, and then went to the toilet and give birth to a rat. <laughs> and the feeling, I, the feeling went like this. <laughs> and that was the fucking rat minge coming out of me. Anyways, the same gynecologist was, Sorry. <laughs> was a lovely lady. And... I was going to her for a gynecological issue, probably uh, slightly separate, but along the same lines of uh, the rat minge. I'm going to stop saying rat minge. Rat minge. whatever. And she said that she noticed that my hymen was kind of flailing around like a little mini flag. Like my freak flag was flying, but it was like actually fl- my hymen. Like a flesh and flag. And she basically, yes, it was a flesh flag. And she said, um, it was like a skin tag. And she said that my hymen hadn't been broken in the typical way. It wasn't a clean break. So actually, Ooh. Fiona, my forward rules is actually indicative. My little um, flesh flag hymen is actually indicative of the fact that I probably did break it very loosely trying to do gymnastics. Um, anyway, she took that off. She was like, come on, we're going to get that sorted out. She was like, has no lover ever mentioned before that you have a little flapping flag hanging out of well, your do vagina? You think they would have, like, do you think they would have enough, felt it? No, they haven't. Well, I mean, it was it was it was yay size, the size of my uh, no longer than my um, okay, fine, little fine. fingernail, but it's still quite notable. And she was shocked that a lover had never mentioned that to me before. I felt it quite awkward that my doctor gynecologist kept on referencing lovers, but um, actually nobody had. I and let's be honest, part of me was maybe that's why I held back on on um. That's why I held back on oral sex so much because I maybe had felt it before, but was like, what the fuck is that? I thought maybe I was a little bit of a hermaphrodite or something with a little mini piece. (laughs) But actually, it was just a hymen. Anyways, it's gone now, so we're sorted. (laughs) And actually, so much is coming back to me. This is a fucking iconic podcast. There is so much coming to me. An ex-boyfriend that I used to go out with... um, I remember him saying to me, I, I have something to tell you about your vagina. And he was like, do you want to know? And I was so mortified that I was like, no, fucking keep it to yourself. He was probably referring to the little flesh flag that was emerging from my um, my vulva. Anyways, if this resonates with you, or if there's anything on, that you wait, would like I'm to so, go into. Wait, what? Laura, rewind. What? Hang well, on. I don't want to talk about it. Can we just move on, Look, please? No, just, just give me one second. I, so... I want to know where it was. So here, I've just pointed the camera to my vagina. So that this is the the vulva. Was it sticking out like this? It was, was it sticking like out? right at the entrance to my vagina. Oh, it was right at the entrance. Uh, oh my like, god! I mean, it, 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 yeah, it wasn't like a teal Fiona. It wasn't like hanging it was like right around up there. Out I my don't even know where the hymen is. It was. Well, it's right at the entrance to the, your to your vagina, at the opening, like right at the opening. Yeah. Well, where the fuck do you think it is? 
I thought it was right up inside. I wasn't taught where the hymen was. Fucking hell, what's wrong with our, our sex education? Well, actually, I'm gonna have to Google it. Wait, I'm gonna have to Google it. Otherwise, I would have broken it, inserting a tampon. Fucking hell. Where is the hymen? Hymen. I even spelt it wrong. The hymen is a thin, fleshy tissue, flesh flag, that is located in the opening of the (laughs) vagina. There's lots. Ah, here we go. There's lots of confusion about the hymens. Many people think the hymen totally covers the opening of your vagina until it is stretched open, but it's not usually the case. Okay, so you are right. So it is at the entrance. So you would have had the flesh flag flying. (laughs) The flesh flag was flying like a a little wee penis. Oh, my God. There's a picture of labor. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Right, okay, fine. So it's at the entrance. All right. And you know this doctor that sorted out my issue very discreetly because she was like, it's not covered in your insurance, so I'm going to basically say you have a vaginal cyst. And I was like, whack it off. She had an incredible array of clients, especially from the Middle East, who went in for um, to have their hymen re-erected, reconstructed. Mm. So when they had sex with their husbands, their husbands would believe that they were virgins. Um, also an incredible amount of um, designer vaginas, and I'm all for it. If there's something that you really don't like in your body and you are doing it truly for yourself, go have it fixed. Anyways, if this resonates with you, you know where to find us, ladies. Hit us up on Instagram, and our Instagram handle is lovebitespodcast underscore. Send us a wee message. Let's move on from the hymen chat because we've been talking about it for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but can I, I know I'm on a little bit of a roll today, but I found myself in an epic shame storm this week. Tell and me. I'd really like to get it off my chest. Get it off your chest. And I would really like your feedback. And I would love, love, love to hear from our listeners on this one. Because the shame that we feel around sex does not dissipate when we grow into grown ass women. Sexual shame can stay with us our whole lives. And it is our job as women, as well-rounded, wonderful human beings to address the shame aspect and work on it. So I, when I was younger, I, um, so I've got high risk HPV, which is like, uh, well, I guess like a sexually transmitted disease. I've had it basically since I was sexually active, I'm pretty sure my first boyfriend gave it to me. I Can you just explain and, what well, HP, HPV is? It's the human pamplova, human pamplova virus. Um, it's a very, very, very. They they now actually give um vaccines for it for um. Mm. I think I've had sure the vaccine. Male and females. I, um, I, I missed it, but it's very common now. Um, anybody that has HPV, um, it's nothing at all to worry about it. It probably affects half of the population. And when I first found out I had it, I was so distraught because I thought that this was something that was going to ruin my life. I felt exceptionally dirty. And I remember telling my mom about it. And even my mom was like, don't worry about it. Like, the you know, the vast majority of people have it. It's, 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 um, anyways, quite a common thing. So if anybody has it, don't worry, you're fine. So that caused me to, uh, develop cervical erosion and cervical erosion is, um, 
caused by the HPV virus and basically it means that when I had sex, anytime I had sex, whether it was before period, after period, no period, I would bleed claret. Not like period blood, but actual blood. And this happened to me quite a lot in my younger days, but I wasn't aware enough. I felt maybe um, embarrassed and I wouldn't go to the doctor and report it. Um, And it wasn't until I went to this amazing gynecologist in uh, Dubai when things got really, really bad. And literally, I couldn't even remotely put the tip in without blood gushing out of my vagina. So horrid. When I was, I know, I know. And actually, that was a, a pretty that was a pretty um horrific time actually because I went to to see that the gynecologist checked me out and she looked inside at me and her exact words were to me I'm pretty sure you've got cervical cancer I don't want to like I don't want to scare you but the state of your womb I would be very surprised if you didn't have it and I was like oh my god what the fuck anyways it turned out to be the cervical erosion (sighs) I'm digressing just want to give you a little bit of a background here so when I was at university, coming to the tail end of university, bearing in mind I really didn't sleep around. But you see what I notice I'm doing? I'm justifying things and I don't like that I'm doing that. But I was sleeping with a guy. Occasionally we used to have sex. I quite liked him. And we were at a Christmas party when I was maybe 20 years old. And we went to his we were exceptionally drunk and we went to his hotel room we were staying in a hotel we must have been at the time and there were two twin beds in the room for him and his friend we ended up having sex and I bled everywhere I now realize that this was not period this was not something dirty and disgusting although if you do get your period during sex it's also okay it's a part of fucking life it happens all the time and notice I'm going back into these tendencies to like over explain and over complicate things but anyways I got my period all over the bed or sorry, the blood. And I remember his friend coming in who he was sharing a room with and his friend looked at me like a piece of shit. He was, and I was so drunk at the time, but I remember him saying to my friend, fucking hell, get this slut out of here or something like this. And I have never felt so much shame. And I have carried it with me this whole time that every time I see anything referencing these guys on social media, they're quite well known in Northern Ireland. So sometimes they pop up every, every now and again. I feel nothing but shame. Fast forward 10, 15 years, I'm having a a lunch date with my best friend and I see them. I see they're still friends at this day. And the guy who I had sex with, you know, we were chatting away friendly and briefly and stuff. And this other guy who called me a slut at the time looked at me so disdainfully and just walked off and my friend said, who is that guy? What? Like, what the fuck was his problem? And all this shame and guilt washed over me like I was a 20-year-old slut who just fucking bled all over this guy's bed. And I just thought to myself, how has that happened? Him and I had sex, sex together, yet I was the one left feeling like a dirty piece of crap. And 15 years later, that feeling of shame and guilt was so profuse that even thinking about it now, I am cringing and I feel ashamed and I feel so trampy. Like, what the fuck is that about? Well, that's not like unnormal. Like, it's totally normal. It's because he made you feel like shit and you've carried... Is it though? Yeah, it is. He made you feel like shit. He made you feel 
embarrassed and like even I've had things you know when I you know when you think back to a situation that you've like I don't know did something stupid and you like cringe inside and of course you know like you're not stupid you know that that guy shouldn't be thinking like that you know he shouldn't have said those things and you know that that's just an uneducated thing for him to say be like oh my god like you know this girl bled without really thinking about it but it's gonna make you feel like shit it's totally normal there's nothing there's I nothing just, wrong you know with what that. i guess <clears throat> i just, just i'm to... getting annoyed at myself that you know he this is the difference fiona he's not making me feel like shit i am allowing myself yeah. to feel like shit you know there is every possibility that that guy doesn't even know who i am but i suspect he did well fucking well, asshole i um i had this coaching session with lisa do you know i'm not going to go into it today we'll talk about it next week but lisa and i were talking about negative thoughts and how I also, when I have a negative thought, it, I let it take over me and then I get um, the stress cortisol then takes over and I, I, I feel stressed and anxious. Mm-hmm. And then when it's alleviated, I feel like this rush of like relief. relief. And she was like, think about a, a thought as it's just passing by and you think, oh, that's a negative thought. Oh, that's interesting. And let it pass you by rather than letting it ruminate and then tapping into the stress hormone which then causes you this anxiety and stress which you're feeling and it's a really hard thing to do she talks about this game it's like on sorry we fit or something with the cars passing by and you have to and some are going slow some are going fast and you have to try and get across the road and it's like that's like the negative thoughts as well you're just trying to get across the road you see some cars pass and you're like let them pass very hard Absolutely. to do and it, it's something that i'm really working on recently and i go through phases of it when i really spend a lot of time trying to work on this side of myself but i know more than anybody else our thoughts lie to us our thoughts can be horrible little bastards that disguise themselves as trying to keep us safe and secure and the reality is these thoughts can drag us down to the pits of hell if we let them we as human beings it is our job to focus on the things that are truly scary because back in the day we were chased by tigers and all these sort of things so we needed to focus on the negative things to keep us alive and well now we don't need to do that yet we instinctively take the negative thoughts, feed it, feed it, feed it. We create a story around the negativity. And before you know it, we are so pissed off, angry and upset about something that hasn't even happened. And there's all these good things happening in our lives. Do we feed the light? Do we fuck? And you know what we need to start doing? Feeding the light, feeding the light, feeding the good stuff, feeding the fucking brilliant stuff in our lives. And you see the negativity and the bad things? Don't get angry at it because that's a thought and it's justified in being there. You observe it and you say to yourself, right, you know what? I know why that thought is there and I appreciate where you're coming from, but I'm just not going to entertain it and just let it pass away and give yourself and your inner child that loving hug that we all need. Feed the motherfucking light. Lisa sent me this really good affirmation um, today after Mm -hmm. our session. And it says, I fully embrace and enjoy living in the moment. All is well in my world. And that is so true because I'll sit on a negative thought or that I've created myself um, and I'll sit on it and sit on it. And I won't think that I won't think about things like, actually, everything's pretty good in my life right now. Everything's great. To live in this moment, everything's great. I don't think about that. I think like, oh my God, this person's not messaged me back or whatever. And I'll sit and think about it negatively. And actually, 
all is well. And I need to say these positive affirmations to myself a lot. It's not looking at your thoughts like they're part of you. They're not. You are Fiona. You are the essence. You are the soul. That you are the divine, eternal being. Whatever you want to call it. You know, however woo-woo you are. I look at myself as a soul, as an, an, an essence. These thoughts are absolutely nothing to do with the essence of Laura. So I can look at them and I can assess them from an objective standpoint. As opposed to taking every single negative thought that comes into your head and taking it as gospel Mm. because your thoughts will lie to you and I have this analogy that I've used quite a lot over the years and by the way I should apply it to myself like I'm not saying I'm perfect I'm far from it especially at the minute I don't know what's up with me but our minds are are like a harbor and we are the harbor masters and we have full control over who comes into our harbor and who we want to eject so you're sitting at your harbor imagine that you're in Mykonos and you're sitting there with an Aperol spritz and you notice a barge coming in it's leaking oil there's men on it with their crusty dicks out taking a fucking piss into the ocean are you going to let those horrible bastards into your harbor or are you going to say to them excuse me sir can you please move along then a yacht comes by white sheets flailing in the wind tall dark tanned men with tiny little speedos there with cocktails in hand are they the people that you're going to lend into your harbor absolutely sir please enter and you're the harbor master and you can decide who comes in and who you tell to fuck away off those that good thoughts, is you a those, you... brilliant analogy I love that and then I am those, the harbor. those men on the yacht you invite them off they're the light you invite them <clears> off and you sit down and you discuss light with uh, life with them. You feed the light, feed the light. But yet, we invite the barge in full of leaking oil, smelly fish and crusty men. And they're the men, they're the people that we give all our time to. And we wonder why we get fucking depressed, down, frustrated, uh, you know, disillusioned with the world. What the fuck? How has this gone off onto this mass, mass, massive tangent? I'm so sorry. I don't that. know, but I, I loved I love the harbour. So listen, yeah. <clears throat> I am gonna read out a message. So it actually when did I post this, Laura? A couple of days ago, oh, I'd yeah. say. Some, a week Maybe ago. Like a week yeah. ago. Um, cause, uh, hold on one second. I'm sorry. This is so unprofessional. I've just got to deal with this white thing very quickly. Says the girl who mentions Kipper Minge and Krusty Man Dick. I don't think your emails are a problem, love. You just take your time. No, it's just cause I've got these girls going into this restaurant tonight and I, um, okay, cool. One second. I'm so sorry. Cause this is, we're about to go into a very important letter. Okay, so last week I posted on our Instagram this post that I'd seen on Rosie Reese, who is basically a <laughs> squirt expert. Um, we're actually thinking we're actually trying to get her on our show, but unfortunately we haven't been got around to it. She's in Perth. We're all over the world, so it's been difficult. Anyway. I saw this um, post and someone had written a tweet that says that said an entire generation of women was prescribed birth control from the age of 14 for acne and irregular periods. And now the same generation is dealing with PCOS, hormone imbalances, depression and infertility. And I just thought that was 
so interesting because it resonated so much with me. And I'm going to read the post that I wrote. Um, and then we basically had so many messages. I had so many messages on my personal Instagram as well about a lot of people that had the same issue. Um, so I wrote... So Laura, you and I talk about our breasts quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I have serious issues with my breasts because I always see these girls wearing these dresses just look so nice. They're not wearing a bra and it's just, I always look like, you know, when like you put a top on and it just goes out and it's like a tent. Mm-hmm. That's what the vibes I, I have. So this is why I love, love our amazing sponsor, The Golden Hour, because you wouldn't think it weirdly. I'm just on their Instagram that some of the dresses are great for big boobs, but I can assure you there are. I bought this top. I mentioned it last time. Where is it? The one that's like a knitted halter. And honestly, a bit of boob tape, and it looked so great. And everything I've bought from them has been really flattering. And that's someone also that has a very curvy figure. I'm not like a skinny girl. If you want to look at this dress, can you see this one I'm showing you? How stunning yeah, is that? stunning. And... Their Instagram is unbelievable. You can actually just go on there and peruse and pick exactly what you want. I know, right? It's so great. And they ship worldwide, which is so wonderful. So no one is left out. And we have an excellent 20% discount code. Thank you so much to the Golden Hour. It is lovebites20. And we are going to link the website and the Instagram into our show notes. God, can everyone just stop fucking emailing me today? anyway thank you so much once again to our amazing sponsor the golden hour and we are so excited for you to show us what you've bought so please do tag us and tag them on instagram thank you i saw this today from rosie reese and it made me realize i went on the pill at 17 i then came off and on the pill for six years because certain pills didn't agree with me age 23 i was told i had pcos and the chances of me getting pregnant were slim so later in life i might need help This then made me very irresponsible in my 20s, resulting in me having to fly home from Dubai due to a quote-unquote accident, because of course it was fine for me to get pregnant. The doctor in Dubai had diagnosed me wrong, as the nurses at the Richmond Clinic assured me that my ovaries were working more than fine considering the situation I was in. Then I got the coil and I have suffered the worst hormonal acne of my life. I've never literally had a spot in my life until this point. Um, I went to a Catholic school and wasn't taught about condoms. I still don't know how to put one on. We need to educate our children that safe sex is also good sex. There is no place in this world for anything that imbalances your natural body cycle. Yet it's 2021 and still the same options as when I was 17 are still available. And the reason why I went on the pill was because my boyfriend at the time told me his dick was too big and condoms were tight, which is obviously an absolute fucking load of shite because you can get extra large. What a load of balls. So, oh my god, Fiona, that was quite a journey. You took us it on was, there. It was a journey. And then we got so many messages, and I'll, I'll read this one out because she did say that I can read it out. Because um, it's quite, obviously, it's quite personal. Hi, Fee, I saw your post today about what you went through, about being misdiagnosed and having to fly back home for a procedure. And I wanted to say thank you for sharing your story. I had the same situation where I had to fly home, and it was scary and awful because on top of everything else, I was in a country where it is where it's illegal. I think about it a lot and carry the guilt with me, but it wasn't the right time. Thank you for your honesty as it made me feel less alone. So I know, and we've never spoken about me doing that before, have we? Can we just clarify for people listening at home? Yeah, 
you're referring to a termination, right? Yes. Okay. Obviously, I didn't want to say... Um, the reason why I didn't say it so, like, blankly on Instagram was because I I wanted to be sensitive also. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm living in a country where it is unavailable for women to mm-hmm. have terminations, of course, unless it's for, like, severe medical reasons or, you know... And especially as I'm unmarried, so... It was, yeah, I remember, I remember it happening and oh, it was, it was fucking awful. Like, thank, you know, thank God for my sister and my friends. Cause I basically, what happened was I slept with this guy and I, I had that app or whatever it's called. I don't know, the over, the ovulating app, Ovia. whatever it's mm-hmm. called. And, um, slept with this guy without a condom. He came inside me and I remember saying to him, oh my God, I'm not on the pill or anything. Um, cause at the time I wasn't, and he was like, oh, he was like, um, he was like, oh shit. I actually, do you know what? That's so funny. Um, actually, do you know what? I didn't say to him, that's an absolute, I, I didn't say anything to him. I just went, oh, I'm sure it's fine. Because one, I'd been told that, um, you know, it was going to be really difficult for me to ha- have children. And two, on my fucking ovary app, it was said that I wasn't ovulating. So I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll be fine. I fast forward like mm-hmm. four weeks. I was at a brunch my boobs were really hurting. And I remember saying to my friend Nori, I was like, fuck, my boobs are hurting so much. And she was like, God, I hope you're not pregnant. And I was like, I was like, no, no, I'm not. And she goes, have you had unprotected sex recently? And I was like, hmm, maybe. And I remember the knowing something was up because I looked down in the shower at my nipples and my nipples looked so weird. They looked so weird and I knew something was up. And then I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to go get a pregnancy test. I've done like a million before. They all came negative. I went and got the pregnancy test, came back home. And I remember I was living with um, Joe, our lovely friend, Joe Farah, and our other friend, Tyson. And um, Joe was home. And I was like, Joe, I'm just going to take a pregnancy test. I'll be two seconds. She was like talking to me. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Because I'd taken so many before. Because like I was always so paranoid. Because I just constantly was having unprotected sex because I was an idiot. And um, mm-hmm. and then it, it came positive and I was like, oh my God, Joe, it's positive. And she was like, right, you stay there. I'm going to go get more. She like ran out to the shop and like got more pregnancy tests. And then Tyson came home and I was like crying on the sofa. And she was like, what happened? I took three pregnancy tests. And then my sister was living in Dubai at the time and she I called her and she came around and fucking how these girls can take over the world. Tyson was like at my laptop booking me a flight. Laura was like on the phone to like um, the termination clinic in the UK, literally called my bosses, said I had to go home, flew, and they were amazing, flew home. And I remember calling the guy and to be fair to him, he was incredible. I would not have been able to have got through it unless he was amazing. Um, He paid for my flight. Like he was just, he was like, do you want me to come with you? um okay but, but it was and like how, how do you how do you think that affected you long term fee I mean don't get me wrong like I do at the time it just wasn't right you know I was, tw- I was 25 and it, it wasn't it wasn't the right time he wasn't the right guy and you know so for the for that time um it was it was okay and I, I did you know I had some moments of like feeling upset about it more just because I went through this thing with this guy and he's and you know the reason why me and him we went on like one other date after we slept together and then he like ended up getting 
getting with his ex or something and I was like look I don't want to get in the middle of it and he didn't want to be with me and then after we went through all that he still didn't want to be with me and I was just like oh that's really sad um but long term I do think about it sometimes yeah I bet you do it's 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 um I'm pro-choice all the way but I'm also very respectful of this being a very sensitive subject and you know what Fiona we have to be honest especially in countries like um, Ireland north and Mm. south it's still quite a taboo subject um you know especially if you're raised in the Catholic faith um it's it's a really problematic topic but it's also something we have to speak about it's it's something that women we have to be mindful of and we need to understand our options and I fully believe in our autonomy as women to make our own decisions and you know you having to go through that I think is traumatic enough but we also have to you know be quite straight talking here Fiona some women uh are able to deal with it a lot better than others Uh, you know they're they make the decisions for the right reasons they know what's best for them at the time it's best for them on a number of on a number of levels and then other women will carry it with them for the rest of their lives Mm. um i think when you're in the likes of dubai and things there's so many layers of difficulty and complexity because you can't just go and yeah you know have it done in your city and the same went for northern ireland until 2019 where women, girls, young girls, were having to get a flight to England to have their termination yeah. because until 2019 it was a criminal offence here. Yeah. And even now, it is still um it's still a very tricky thing to have done. It's not something that you can go and you can go and just well, I suppose you can call your GP and they'll go and refer you. But I did a little bit of research on this. And by let me assure you, I'm by no means an expert. I've never had a termination. Um, I've never even had to, I've, I've never even really had a pregnancy scare. But um, you, there's a, quite a lot that you can do in terms of like um, getting a, a pill delivered to your Morning home. after. Um, and you, you, I'm not, I'm not, I think there's specifically termination pills. But um listen for this girl for example like i think you'll be very understanding of what she went through especially yeah, with not being at home and I, I, it's and something that the guilt thing is a huge thing and what i felt most guilty about and this was i think the hardest god i'm gonna cry classic ass the guilt the worst thing about it oh my god <laughs> oh. it's all right darling when will we not cry at an emotional thing? Obviously, we. I knew this was going to happen. I knew we were going to talk about it. I knew we were going to talk about it. But I think the worst thing for me was that, one, I had to fly home. And, like, I'm so lucky. Thank God. Like, you know, I'm so lucky that my parents have a house in London. And um, I was like, I, I need to... I want to go home. I don't want to, like, go and stay at a friend's house while I have to go do this. So I... I, call, I had to tell, I basically lied to my parents and said, I'm coming home from work um, over and I'm doing like, a, I'll do like a long weekend because um, I've got like a few things I need to do, blah, blah, blah. And um, luck, my dad was working in London at the time during the week and then he would go home. And luckily he had decided to go like serendipitously home for the weekend early on the Thursday or whatever it was. So I flew in just as he flew out, bless the man, 
stocked the fridge with Marks and Spencer's dinners for the whole weekend because he was like, do you want anything? Bless him. And I, when you're going through something shit, sorry. Um, oh, sorry. All I wanted to do was hug my mum. And then it was awful because she like called me and was like, how's work? You know, like, are you enjoying yourself? Sorry, we didn't get to see you. Sure you don't want to come home. And all I wanted to do was go home. Um, God, I'm so sorry to fucking hell talking about hymens and then this. But um, yeah, and it was that, that for me has been the worst thing because I'm still not, I'm sure, I just, you know, I'm sure if I told my mum like now, like it was fine, but obviously like you're, a tw- you're 25, like you're still like quite young at that stage and I just didn't want to tell them. I don't know what, like I wish I had told her um but funny so my friend Alice um who's Australian she I called her and I was like I'm coming so she came and stayed with me that weekend whilst I was there and um her mum we used to call them her mum the bloodhound her mum called her and was like oh what are you doing this weekend and she was like oh Fee's come over um for the weekend and her mum goes is Fee in trouble did she need to go to a clinic and we were like what how did she know um Mm-hmm. She must have guessed or something. But um, can I just... Shall I lighten the mood? This is something funny that happened during this. And it is funny. So basically, I'd had the whatever it was. And luckily, I was I was very early on. So it was... It, I called, like, it was so early on. And um, so they give you whatever it is, medicine and whatnot. And then um, they were, they say to you, how are you going to get home? And I was like, I'm, I'm getting a taxi all the way back home. And they were like, great. And they were like, you might feel sick. You might have a funny tummy, but most people are sick. So just, you know, tell your taxi driver this. So I was like, okay, fine. Anyway, so I'm in the taxi and I felt fine. And I was like, okay, this is cool, whatever. 10 minutes away from home, my stomach just suddenly like contracted and I shat myself so badly <gasps> in the taxi. So they they give you these like huge, like pa- like big pads, but then they're essentially nappies um, mm-hmm. to wear just in case. Cause you know, like you don't know when it's gonna come on. And um, so I was like in the, t- in the taxi and um, cause you know your, t- your tummy's contracting that's why you, you feel sick i my stomach and uh, like i have really bad bowel problems anyway like everything makes me poop like literally caffeine dairy broccoli broccoli makes me poop so badly if i eat broccoli i'm literally sitting for like the whole day so like of course this happened to me and i just shut shut myself like properly oh, shut myself and i was 10 minutes away from home and you know in the uk they're really hot on it if you like do anything to the cab you're paying a like 300 pound fine so i just basically cracked the window open and just was like don't say anything because it basically went into this massive nappy okay that's good so it was and all I- contained it was all contained and there's like massive stairs going up to like our building and I had to like waddle up these stairs like with poop oh, in my bless you, it sweet was so oh, bad. The last thing that you needed. The last thing I needed was that. for me to shit myself, honestly. Um Well, you know what, Fiona. Just to lighten the mood. <laughs> your um you know <coughs> I think you're you're getting emotional about this, which is completely understandable. You know, what, should I talk about it or whatever I, I never talk about and it anymore. I think you are you made you made the right decision for you and I fully back any woman that has to make that decision for themselves there is nobody on this earth 
that can tell you how you should feel about any no. situation, especially about what you do with your own body and bringing a life into this world. Mm. I am so freaking pro-choice. It's untrue. Um, but even when you make those decisions with those uh, those reasons in mind, like the listener that wrote in, you're going to carry that with you. you yeah. Maybe you won't think about it every day. Maybe you won't think about it all the time. But there will be moments where you'll think to yourself, you know, this would be potentially a due date or, you know, you think about what could have been and that's all completely normal. And <clears throat> that's when I highly, highly, highly encourage you to practice self-love and self-kindness. And in those moments, just like give yourself a wee hug and, you know, tell yourself it's okay to feel mm-hmm. those things and why you made the right decision. It's perfectly natural to have moments where you think about things and you ponder and you imagine what could have been. Um, but yeah, totally. when and I went, go ahead, sweetheart. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say that I think that in terms of effect, like I very much still to this day, I'm like, I definitely made the right decision. I've Sorry. never looked, I've, I've never looked back. But I do think that I, I thought I wasn't affected by it because I just like cracked on with life and I was, you know, was all good. But what I found interesting looking back was that the, it, it happened in a summer, the July or whatever it was, June or July. And then a couple months down the line is when I met my ex-boyfriend that broke my heart into a million pieces. So the way I attached myself to him um and the way I wanted love and the like almost like what Lisa would call like the nu- the nuclear relationship and I'd wanted that very normal um relationship and I wanted the future and everything I think that was maybe a lot to do with it because I'd obviously just been through something that was like I don't want to say throwing that away because it wasn't throwing that away but I I did I do think that it has something to do with the way the way I acted with him um was something to do with because I'd just been through this quite traumatic thing and then I blocked out my mind and then I met this guy and instead of like dealing with all the emotions that I should have just dealt with at the time, I just blocked out and it just like bursts out of me at random points. Um, but now... Well, thank I, you so much for telling us that story because I know that that's something that you've never really talked about before. And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people listening to this have definitely gone through things in the past. And even if they haven't had to make that call, a lot of us have been in positions where there have been pregnancy scares and we have definitely sat down and had to think about our options moving forward. So thank you for sharing that. I I really appreciate it. And I I know our listeners will too. And obviously, you know, like if you're a listener and you want to talk about it, you know, I'm always here and you aren't alone as well. Like it's, that's the thing I think so many I went alone to the to the clinic and there were quite a lot of girls alone or with, you know, their you know, their boyfriends or whatever. I went alone, but I didn't feel alone because I had my friends messaging me and this guy who is a lovely, lovely guy, you know, he's in a great relationship now and he's always been a lovely guy. He just wasn't my guy. And he messaged me literally throughout the whole thing and I didn't I didn't feel alone and I've never felt alone in it. But if you have you know, if you're not in that situation, you can always come and talk to me. I know a few girls have spoken to me about it this time. Um, and you're so open and you're so lovely. Uh, 
just to share that Fiona a lot of people I mean when uh, this lovely listener messaged you I think it opened the floodgates for her because she just found somebody who she could be honest with and and really get very vulnerable with and this um I think it's very important to note that when you are from Ireland north or south uh there really is a taboo issue around abortion abortion Fiona I don't know why I can't get my words out tonight I do apologize there is a real taboo um issue around the subject and I think a lot more than in the UK and for example when obviously we've got it's very catholic over here but equally there's a lot of christians and um, i'm not here to argue with anybody's point of view of course not but i do think categorically women deserve the right to choose and even when i was maybe seven six seven, 16 or 17 and i was going to get the pill um anybody from belfast may remember a clinic called the brute clinic and you'd go there and you get your pill um that's why i went but you go and get condoms you go and get an std check and even then just going to get a contraceptive pill there would be picket lines out the front with because you could also go there to get advice on termination and they would obviously refer you to the uk and that's where the, the that would be the start of the process and oh my god so many times i didn't go and get my pill because i could not stand to walk through the people chanting at me with placards of really highly visual depictions of what happens um and it was it was absolutely horrible and as a result i think there there's a there's such a stigma uh, and a shame around it especially in this country and my god there should not be because ireland as a whole voted to repeal the eighth that was the amendment amendment that stipulated the criminality of it northern ireland in 2009 categorically voted to have it decriminalized and i have never been so fucking proud of my country the fact that everybody stood up not everybody mind you i think two-thirds men and women stood up to say that women have the right to deserve to choose what they're going to do with their body in that moment in time it's already a shit enough situation let's not have those girls have to book the ticket fly book a hotel huge financial implications already at a shit situation and i'm really proud of my country for doing that so this is another just another area that we want to um dissipate the shame and the stigma and all those things so girls we're here for you and this affects guys too because obviously it takes two to tango um, and we're here for you. 